0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome uh, to Donna's Weight Loss Lifestyle. And we are in the middle of the perfect storm. Not a bad kind of perfect storm, though. We are in the middle of the perfect storm of weight loss, right? Really worried about this necklace. Can you tell? My Disney Castle. Okay, we are in the middle of the perfect storm of weight loss. That is, we are learning how to create the perfect storm of weight loss for ourselves individually, each person, right? What is good for each person? So we've been doing the perfect storm. We started out introducing the perfect storm. And uh, so let me screen share for a sec here. Screen share. Share. Here it is. Nope, it's not that one. Okay, here it is. (laughs) All right, so we have been... I make it smaller. We have been doing this perfect storm. All right. And that is three parts of the triangle here to create a perfect storm of weight loss. And each of the three aspects is interrelated. So it's our eating protocol, which is our our uh, food types, our food plan, our food types, our times, and our amounts. That is interrelated to these chemicals and hormones that drive hunger, they drive um, uh, cravings, they drive satiety, they drive um, happiness, mood, all of these things. And those are interrelated to these thoughts and emotions over here, which have to do with think, feel, eat, right? Deciding ahead of time, creating habits, emotional eating, Daily journaling, gratitude, um, speaking, thinking with your prefrontal cortex, and then all of those are interrelated. So specifically, we have been creating the perfect uh, storm of weight loss by creating a protocol that works. And so with that, I'm not sure what that's all about. With that, we have been deciding overall when we will eat each day. We've just been deciding overall what we will eat each day, and we have been deciding overall the amount we will eat each day. And so today, I wanted to take a little bit of a detour um, to spend some time on macronutrients. Um, And the reason that I wanted to do this, so this is actually going to be under weight loss lifestyle number 63, but... Um, as opposed to think, feel, eat number 16 or whatever number we're on. But if you go to DonnaReach.com slash Perfect Storm, you will see all of the Perfect Storm videos, podcast episodes, graphics, outlines, booklets, worksheets, everything will be there in order, Okay. And so this is the journey, actually, now that I'm doing weight loss coaching, that is the journey that I take my clients through, yeah, you know, week by week, when we meet privately to map out their eating protocol and their perfect storm of weight loss. So it is all there in order, you can use it as well on your own. Okay, so, um, but I wanted to take a little bit of a detour from the um, three interrelated pieces of the perfect storm to talk about macronutrients, because um, there is a a common belief among people, sometimes in intermittent fasting circles, definitely in specific protocols. So if you're keto, or if you're low-fat, or if you're vegan, or if you're vegetarian, um, if you are nutritarian, if you are pescatarian, if you are Whole30, whatever that might be, a lot of times there is an underlying thought that the amounts of food do not matter as long as you're eating the right types. The right types being whatever your protocol, whatever your plan calls for. And I feel like that there are a lot of misunderstandings about um, macronutrients. A lot of, a lot, lot, lot of misunderstandings about macronutrients. And I've been amazed how many people have not did not understand that. If they're counting macronutrients, they're counting calories. That they did not understand that every calorie comes from a macronutrient. And every macronutrient gives you a calorie or more. And I think a really good understanding of this is needed before you can like next week's Think Feel Eat, quote unquote, pick a protocol, right? Because if you don't understand that, you can get caught up in, well, if I just eat fats or I just eat carbs, like I just eat fats being you know 75% of fats with keto or I just eat carbs being more of like a vegan or a um, um, low fat dieter will often not eat fat or eat very little fat. And then they think a lot of times that there is a magic bullet now there has been some research showing that either extreme extremely low carb ex- very very keto keto like 75% fat you know 5% carbs you know just so 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 low on carbs over here and very very low fat being like 20 grams of fat a day and we're talking like almost nothing that each of these extremes does yield some sort of benefit, some sort of padding, some sort of um, uh, bonus to your weight loss efforts. First of all, we have to understand that we can say that about anything, like protein does something for us too, and fasting does something for us, and more real foods and fewer unreal foods will do something for us, right? So we can say that about almost anything and it is also true in various studies usually sponsored by each group (laughs) so there's some truth to it and even my friend you know how much I love my hungry brain guy Dr. Stephen DNA he even says yes there's something that happens on these extreme ends that does make it easier to lose doesn't mean you're going to necessarily lose per, lose easily and, and be able to stay on keto or lose easily and be able to stay on almost no fat. He's just saying there is something that can happen that can help you, okay? Macro bodybuilding people say there's something with protein that helps you. Up to 40% metabolism boosting. Fasting people, I say, Four to 14% of boost in metabolism through fasting. Okay. So, yes, there could be something, but the bottom line is the adherence on these extremes is very poor. And that is why people can do keto forever and ever and ever and still not get to their goal weight because they go off and on, and you can't go off and on in these extremes. Okay. Let me give you a quick example of why you can't go off and on of these. Okay, so suppose you're a calorie counter, and suppose you eat um, 1,500 calories a day, and suppose that maintains your weight. You got to your goal weight, you're at 1,500 calories. If you, no, 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 that's not what I'm going to say. Suppose you, at 1,500 calories, you're still losing. Okay, we'll use both losing it. We'll use all losing examples here. Okay, so suppose you're at 1,500 calories, and that causes you to lose. All right, and you eat a 300 calorie candy bar. It's a kind of a medium one, you know, not as low as some, but it's not like a super sized either. You just bumped your calories up from 1,500 to 1,800, and you will probably have no effect. You won't probably lose that day, but you're probably still in a maintenance zone. It's not going to wreck everything. Okay. Let's come over here with keto. And let's say that this keto person is at her 20 carbs, 20 net grams of carbs, and she eats that same 300 calorie candy bar. Her calories are already pretty high because keto is pretty high in calories, um, with fat grams being worth nine calories each. And just generally speaking, a lot of keto don't keto people do not count calories. So they're they're already like just where they need to be. And they're trying, they're getting this little boost that they might get through ketosis. And they eat that same candy bar. They went from 20 net carbs that day to 50 and they just gained weight. Because they more than doubled what they are allotted for the mat for the macronutrient that they count for the thing that makes the difference in their weight loss is keeping these eating 75% fat, 15% protein, 5% carbs so that they have this calorie deficit created. Well, they just went over it with 30 net carbs from a candy bar. All right, so let's take the low-fat person. The low-fat person is on 20 grams of fat. She also chose to eat that candy bar, which is a definite no-no because processed foods is, are very high in fat. So then that took her from 20 grams of fat to 50. She more than likely gained weight too. So it's this adherence on these on both of these ends that are that is so crucial and so elusive. All right, so let's dig into macronutrients. Macronutrients are often called macros. You'll hear people in the fitness world say, I'm counting macros, or my macros were spot on today. Okay, that means that they are keeping track of their macronutrients, their carbs, proteins, and fat. Okay, there are three of them that make up our food, carbs, proteins, and fat. Um, There's also... Alcohol and fiber, but alcohol is usually counted a little differently. And some people just stick it under carbs because it's mostly carbohydrate. And then fiber is a type of carb that that gets folded into your carb count usually. When people count fiber separately, it's not so they can keep the fiber low because they're trying to control their calories. It's so they can get their fiber higher so they have bowel motility and health and avoid cancer, stomach cancer, and all that kind of stuff, right? So fiber is a little bit different. It's folded in. It is a carbohydrate. Okay, so these three macronutrients, and they're called macros because they're big. So when you think of macros, you think of something that's big. You think of micro, you think of something small. Language arts lady coming to you live right now. Micro means small. Macro means big. So macronutrients are the three biggies protein, carbs, and fat. Micronutrients are the vitamins and minerals and things. They're your micronutrients. All right. And these three make up our entire caloric intake each day. So mathematically, your entire calorie consumption in a day comes from these three macros combined. So I'm going to share my screen and go to my macro charts here. All right. So here, oh my, my girl did such a great, isn't this beautiful? She did so great on it. Oh my word, it's so lovely. I just love it. All right. So um, our calories come from these three foods. Okay. And this is what really concerns me is that people don't understand. And they talk about carbs and fats specifically, as though they are something separate. Like, you know, I'm keeping my calories low, but my carbs are really high. Well, your calories come from your carbs, right? Or I'm keeping my calories low and I'm keeping my fats low. You can do that, but your calories come from your fat. And people do not, they they talk about carbs and fats as though they're a separate thing. And they almost sound like this. I'm doing, you know, calories is a way you can count. Carbs is a way you can count. And fat, fat is a way you can count. Not understanding that fats and carbs come from calories and calories come from fats and carbs. So it's kind of like you have an egg, all right? And actually, this is a very good example of it, although the eggs don't really have carbs, but you have an egg The whole egg is 60 calories, okay? Or whatever that might be. You have three parts to an egg, right? You have a shell, you have the white, and you have the yolk. And just like an egg has three parts and they all comprise the egg, a calorie has three parts that it can come from. It can come from a carb, it can come from carbs, it can come from proteins, it can come from fats but they're all one, they make up the calories. And just like the three parts of the egg, make up the egg, all right? So you don't have an egg without those other parts. Now, it kind of breaks down a little bit because like in the case of an egg, (laughs) you have protein and fats, but you don't have any carbs usually in it. But the point is that everything comes from these three. So if you increase your calories, you're increasing one of these three. If you decrease your calories, you're decreasing one of these three. If you cut back on any macro, suppose you reduce your carbs and you don't add any other macros in to replace it. Guess what? You just reduced your calories. If you add in more carbs and you don't take any other macronutrients away, you have just increased your calories. And this is why Dr. Guida and the Hungry Brain and bodybuilders and nutritionists tell us that you make a deficit in your intake and that's how you lose weight. We can make a deficit in any way we want. We can make a deficit by going on a low carb diet. Just cut those carbs out. So instead of all the carbs we now eat, we're going to reduce our carbs by 95%. We're only going to have 5% carbs. And guess what? we're going to create a deficit. We can go on a low-fat diet. Instead of having you know, 70 to 100 grams of carbs a day, we're going to have 20 grams of carbs a day. Guess what? We just cut out a ton of calories if we didn't make them up anyplace else. Calories come from these three. All right. Now, carbs and protein right here have one thing in common, and that is Isn't this a cute Venn diagram? I love Venn diagrams because in a Venn diagram, let me just explain this to you for um, uh, your little study skills lesson first. Okay, in a Venn diagram, if it's all by itself, then it's just about that. So this is everything about the carbs. This is everything about the proteins and this is everything about the fats. If they are overlapping, then that means these two things share those characteristics. Okay, so you'll thank me for this when your kids have to do this in school because it can be very confusing and it's hard to teach kids too. So what we have to understand is that here, look, carbs and proteins are overlapping here. So those characteristics apply to protein and carbs and here proteins and fats are overlapping. So these two things are um, both follow these characteristics. Okay, so the thing that carbs and proteins have in common are that they have four calories per gram. So when you look on a food label and it says, um, you know, 20 carbs and 20 grams of protein, well, 20 times four is 80. So 80 of those calories of that that energy bar, for example, came from carbs. And it says 20 grams of protein. Oh, 80 calories also came from protein. So, so far it has 160 calories. 80 came from carbs and 80 came from protein. All right. And fats have nine calories per gram. And this is where the words fattening, where the term fattening comes from. When you hear somebody say, well, that's fattening. I always like to, I always like to, this isn't really very representative of my personality because I'm not usually snarky, but when somebody says apples are fattening, I always say, no, they're fat-free. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think bad of me because I'm not really that snarky usually. But it's just like, no, fat. If you're talking about fattening, you're talking about it has fat, right? So that's where the term fattening came from. It came from something having a lot of fats because when something has a lot of fats, it has nine calories per gram of fat. So if something has, so let's stick with our energy bar and it had 80 calories from carbs and 80 from protein, suppose it had 10 grams of fat, 20 grams of carbs gave it 80 calories, 20 grams of protein gave it 80 calories. 20 10 grams of fats give it 90 so we would add 80 plus 80 is 160 plus 90 is 270 and that whole energy bar has 270 calories in it all of the calories from that energy bar came from one of these three places from a carb from a protein and from a fat isn't that interesting So literally in my nutrition class in college, I literally had that exact, like not that exact one, but a very similar problem to what I just gave you. My test would have on it, you know, this energy bar has um, 20 carbohydrates, 20 grams of protein and 10 grams of fat. How many calories does it have? Or I need, I'm coming back in there or um, it going, taking it even one step further and bringing algebra into the mix, like it wasn't bad enough for me already, being language arts lady and not mathematical mama. Then they would do something like, this, new, this bar has um, 160 calories from carbs and protein and it has 270 total calories. How many grams of fat does it have? I mean, that's seriously like solving for X, right? Language Arts Lady does not solve for X, right? So anyway, it's, now I find it extremely interesting, and I love to play the whole game of how much, how, what, what macronutrients make these things up and how you can figure them in. But at the time, um, I didn't like it so much. I wasn't as good at math as I have gotten after teaching my kids mostly how to cook. That's how I got really, really good at math, cooking and sales. <laughs> All right. So let's go over these three macronutrients. So protein right here has four calories per gram. Okay. So this is good. A good macronutrient. When you think about calorie counting, a good macronutrient is protein because every gram of protein only gives you 44 calories. So whereas a gram of fat gives you nine. So you need two and a quarter. Fats give you two and a quarter more calories per gram than protein or carbs do. All right, so it's good for calorie counters in a nutshell. For that reason alone, that would be one reason. Okay, it is also considered to be the most satiating. Now, I'm gonna be talking about this in a future Think, Feel, Eat. The difference between satiation and satisfaction, all right? So um, for our purposes here, satiation is your feeling of fullness. So your stomach feels full, your ghrelin is signaled, it goes to the brain and it tells you that you are sated or satiated. You are full, you don't need more food, okay? Satisfaction is a completely different thing and it is one of the benchmarks of the perfect storm weight loss. Because through my weight loss studies and through trying to lose weight for so many years, I've discovered that it doesn't just take satiation, it also takes satisfaction. And that is what is missing when you don't create your own perfect storm of weight loss. All right, so protein has four calories per gram. It is considered the most satiating. Now, even within satiation, I have to give a lot of disclaimers because you can Google anything. Which macronutrient is the most satiating? And the keto people have bunches and bunches and bunches of research about how it's fat. The macro bodybuilding people have a bunch of research about how it's protein. And the vegan and vegetarian and nutritarian people have a bunch of research about how it's carbs, how those are the most satiating. It has been widely accepted for a long time that protein is the most satiating. Even to the point um, of it say, of many protein adherents saying that protein gives you a metabolic boost. And one of the reasons why um, they are saying that protein is the most satiating macro is because protein is slow to digest. So you stop and think something that stays in your stomach longer, it's not digested, it's staying there, making your stomach feel like you are full. So you can see why they would say that. Some research shows that protein can rev up the metabolism by 15 to 30% after you consume it. Other research indicates that the reason that protein is, most, is the most satiating macronutrient is because it is the most easily recognized by hunger hormones. Something about the amino acids that are released that... Um, uh, that sorry, I thought I had a typo. The amino acids that are released um, send a signal to the brain to tell gorilla, or send a signal to send something to ghrelin. And then ghrelin of course sends a signal to the brain telling you that you are full. fool. So, and because it's not automatically put in storage, like carbs can be put into storage for um, for glucose, right? As glucose and fat can be put in storage as adipose tissue or fat tissue. So because it's not put into storage as easily and as quickly, Protein is thought to be the most satiating um, nutrients. Now, protein's negatives are that best sources come from meats. And we are really learning a lot about um, eating too much, that maybe this trend towards one gram to one and a half grams, all the way up to two grams per pound of body weight per day is too much. Uh, too much meat. Um, there are some some studies think that show that it can cause kidney damage. Some show that we that it messes with our hormones to have that much meat. Some show that we need um, uh, you know that it's better to eat organic meats and organic meat is very expensive. Some sources of meat are very fatty which then cause an increase in calories and anti-fat proponents would say that, it, that it's less heart healthy. All right, so most macronutrients experts will say that 35% of your calories should come from protein. So about 0.75 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Whenever i try to go up to more of the like, I'm gonna work out, cause I worked out for 18 months, religiously with weight so whenever i try to get up to that one gram per pound of body weight that is just it's just too hard for me to to adhere to and adherence is everything when it comes to weight loss okay protein builds muscles and is a core component in organs bones and most tissues it is made up of amino acids Um, amino acids are essential which means they are necessary and they have to be eaten we can't the body doesn't make them lean proteins like egg whites, chicken breast, things like that. Those are, um, mostly, this is going to be a long episode. Um, they are mostly uh, protein. So that is a great way to get a lot of protein in is to some people like protein shakes. I'm still out on the back on the fence with that because, um, you can get a lot of calories in a protein shake, right? And depending on what you put in it, it may or may not signal your satiety hormone signals. Some do and some do not. But lean proteins like chicken breast, turkey, fish, not um, salmon, but fish, um, different seafood, shrimp and tuna and things like that, Um, uh, egg whites, those lean sources of protein will be, sources of protein are 100% protein. They're all, they're only made up of protein. So that's really cool. All right, um, then let's move over. Well, also there are studies, okay, the, the, over here where they overlap, where protein and fats overlap, that is when you have fatty meats. So the protein overlaps with, with fats when you have a lot of beef, chicken skin, chicken thighs, egg yolks, uh, full eggs. So you have the whites for the protein and the yolks for the fat, Um, you know, fatty steaks. You think about the things that people who are on keto are supposed to eat. Okay, they're supposed to be over here almost entirely in the fat column. But a protein with fat on it will have some protein, will be made up of protein and fat together. Just like an egg that I described, it's made up of the yolk and and the white, the yolk is the fat, the white is the protein. Okay, so, um, and both of these things are less insulin spiking if you're trying to keep your insulin low. All right, Um, and there are a lot of studies about protein being um, a metabolism booster that uh, people who eat 30% of their calories in protein in one study consumed 441 fewer calories than those who did not because they're saying it's satiating, long-lasting metabolism revving up. So I personally have increased my protein quite a bit lately um, and I find that I do a lot better when I at least try to get like you know 80 grams of protein in. Um, but is it because I'm eating more protein or is it because I'm eating less of something else because I need to still have the same number of calories? So that's the question of the hour. Okay, let's move over to carbohydrates. Carbohydrates, just like protein, have four calories per gram, okay? So a a protein and a carb that's mixed together would be like a bean or something like that. Both of these together, of course, are lower in calories per gram. Um, Carbs are the most easily accessible source of energy. And for that reason, it's often thought to be the least satiating macronutrient. The funny thing about carbs being the least satiating macronutrient is that when it comes to column three of the No, it's column two over here, corner two of the um, perfect storm of weight loss, satisfaction, serotonin, lower cortisol from not being so stressed from having to eat so much fat or so so few proteins, it can be the most satisfying so it's the least satiating by some research because it's it digested so quickly and burning, you're burning it, you're using it. It's, it's the thing you use right away. That's why in intermittent fasting, we wanna get rid of the circulating glucose from yesterday first, then go into our gluca, glucagon stores, um, store glu, gluca, glucagon, and, um, but it's the most easily accessible. Okay, there are two main types, simple, is just like sugar, it's a short molecule chain, easy to break down. That's why people will often like you know drink some juice before they're exercising or something to get their, to get that easily accessible energy. Complex is large molecule, it's harder to break down. These are like your starchy foods. So that would be like potatoes, rice, things like that, Um, more complex beans, things like that. Now, beans are actually half and half. They are part part carbs and part protein. Just like an egg is half and half. It's half protein and half fat. All right, your brain needs glucose and we'll get it first from carbs and then from other places. And that's why people say we don't really need carbs to live, but this is the fastest way to get it for your brain. These other places are secondary sources. And so it makes sense that if you have carbs, you're going to be able to access it more readily, uh, the glucose for your brain. Fiber is a type of carb, You mentioned that. Um, and it's the largest insulin spike of the three. Okay, so, um, some people, when they're dividing up their macronutrients, if they are like pre-diabetic like I was, or if they have PCOS or something like that, they will do better with a little bit more fat and a little bit fewer carbs. But they still have to start out with a certain number of calories. So suppose they start out with 2,000 calories, because that's easy to break down. Well, then that means that for 25% of their calories, 2,000 calories, 25% is 500 calories, so they're gonna have like 130 or 140 grams of carbs, okay? Whereas somebody who's athletic, athletic, who has an athletic body, who does not have PCOS, does not have prediabetes, they might have 40% carbs, right? and they do better with that. But they're still going to stay, macronutrient people are still gonna stay within their same calorie. So they're gonna make this, these four grams from carbs, these four grams from protein, these nine grams from fat, they're gonna make it add up to whatever their calories are that they need for the right sized body. All right, and the last one is fat over here, and it is nine grams of calorie, nine calories per every gram. Again, that's where the word fattening comes from. That doesn't mean that fat is bad right? Because we need all three. I think the best thing that I have learned in the last several years is that these three are all great. That it's really the realness of foods that make a bigger difference. And then when you have all three of the macronutrients, you have more satiation from the combination. You have more satisfaction because you're not cutting out an entire macronutrient and you have more adherence. So it's not that fats are bad, right? So, you know, the low-fat people would have you having like, you know, 20 grams of fats only. The high-fat, low-carb people would have you having, say, 75% of your calories from fat. So if you're having 2,000, 75% of that would be 1,500, 1,500 divided by nine. Um, Let me just divide that by 10. They're going to have like 150 plus grams of fat, which is a lot of fat. Right, so it's not that one of these is terrible and the other ones are great. It's that you take your whole all your calories and then you say, you know what, I'm gonna have a certain percentage from carbs, a certain percentage from protein and a certain percentage of fat because this is where I feel the best and this is what creates my perfect storm. All right, now, if protein is considered to be the most satiating, carbs and fats are battling it out for second place, right? And generally speaking, fat will stay in the gut longer. All right. And some people in the fat camps say, not like going to a fat camp, but in the fat camp say that fats are more satiating because um, they give you more calories. They just give you more calories. But that's not really a good argument because you could just have twice as many carbs <laughs> and still have the same number of calories as you're getting from that fat. So that's not really where it's at. Others say, well, fats stay in your system longer than carbs, which is true. So then that's, you know, not as long as protein because it, it's fat is stored as fat, but, um, but longer than carbs. So that's, that's why some people say that fats are more satiating. Other people say that fats are less satiating because your bank your fat, your calorie bang for your buck is diminished. In other words, you get so many calories from, a, from something that's very fatty that you have to overeat almost to get a benefit from it. So that's another interesting way to look at it. All right, so negatives associated with fat are that people eat too many unhealthy fats. It can cause heart issues, blood pressure issues. Um, they are obviously very calorie heavy. So eating too many fat grams simply gives you too many calories, right? I mean, you just cannot eat 200 grams of fat and not have a, a deficit, not have a, a, a um, downfall from it. Um, and also because people often eat trans fats and packaged foods. Okay. We do need some fatty acids that are not produced for us. Omega-3s and omega-6s and we need them in a certain combination, and so that's why a lot of people like myself, that's why we take fatty acids. All right, so I'm going to just quickly, because you're gonna have this chart, I'm gonna go to what makes up these. I think most people, for the most part, know you know that these are carbs, and these are protein, and these are fats, but I also think that there is a lot of people who do not realize that carbs are apples, And candy bars. Okay, let's not say candy bars because they also have fat. And in case of having peanuts or peanut butter, they have protein. So let's say carb is a potato. It's also a bowl of pasta. It's also jelly beans, or marshmallows, or angel food cake. Something without any fat, but just 100% sugar. And starches. And it's also broccoli. So I always cringe when I hear people say, I just need to lower my carbs. Not really, not necessarily. It depends on what your protocol is, right? You need to lower your calories probably. You're eating too much. We're all eating too much. We just eat too much. So how can you lower it? What percentage of these can you lower? What can can you be satiated by and satisfied by? And then with macronutrients down here, these are all carbs, right? And not all carbs are created equal. So these are, carbs are real and they're not real. And so I prefer rather than saying something's carby, I prefer to say that something's processed. Okay. And then here are proteins, which what a lot of people don't realize is that if you're eating these, Dairy, bacon, nuts, fatty beef, skin on chicken, salmon, eggs, and seeds, you are not just eating protein. You're eating protein and fat. Okay? And that is why most people cannot eat nuts by the handful because they're too calorie dense. These, however, in the middle, these are just protein only. These are the kind of things that I try to eat every day because they don't take up any of my fats. I want to say my fats for chocolate <laughs> all right and then over here we have where carbs and protein overlap so these are called incomplete proteins because they can't stand by themselves right the cheese stands alone the cheese stands alone i'm just saying that to my two-year-olds yesterday the cheese does not stand alone <laughs> it's incomplete all right so beans quinoa chickpeas buckwheat lentils peas. These are partial carbs and partial proteins, very, very healthy foods. And the good thing about these things right here is that you are getting protein and carbs, fiber, the three Fs, remember my fibrous filling and fluidy. Yeah, these are really great. We try to have beans at least a few times a week. Okay, and then here are fats all by themselves. Again, nothing wrong with them. I eat butter most days, all right? That is our macronutrient lesson. I wanted us to have this before we, I'm going to get off of here. You're going to have this in your email. Be sure you subscribe to DonnaReach.com because you'll get the outline. You'll get the audio. You'll get the video. You'll get the charts and you'll get all of it all in one place. All right. That's going to be, and you can also get it all at DonnaReach.com forward slash perfect storm. All right. If you would like to set up a 30-minute consult with me, it's free. We can talk about, I can talk to you about your macronutrients. I can talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. And of course, at the end, I'm going to tell you what I offer for coaching. I do have until for three more weeks, a half price coaching special for called founding member special because I just opened my coaching doors. So I have 16-week packages for half price until June 15th. All right, but the consult is completely free. You can go to donnerish.com forward slash coaching packages and you can see the packages and you can just sign up for a 30-minute free consult and we can talk about you. All right, thank you for joining me for this weight loss lifestyle number 63. It has been my pleasure to be with you. I appreciate all of you and I want so many good things for you. Thanks.